Good morning. Let's all stand together. We lift up our voices as we sing Joy to the World and then the first Noel. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let Father in heaven, we come before you and we look for you to move within our hearts, within our presence, that it would be your Holy Spirit that stirs us, that we might honor you in all that we sing and say and pray, all that transpires in our service, we truly want to exalt you. I do pray that you be with our junior church and primary church and our nursery as they minister to those boys and girls this morning as they have their Christmas party and their activity, I ask that you help them too to reflect and consider the greatest gift that's ever been given, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated.
All right, we're going to sing a song this morning. Uh, you've heard the choir do this song two times now. This one's called This Is Jesus. So this is a new song. It's to a familiar tune. It's to the tune of Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing with a chorus that's a little bit of difference. But you'll remember as we sing it together. And you may remain seated. We're going to do This Is Jesus, and then we're going to do Worship Christ, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Night of wonder, still and silent, heaven's brilliance from above, light of
I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would please, and turn with me to the book of Isaiah in your Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at a very famous prophetic text. Um, this text takes us all the way from creation to eternity when it talks about our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll, We're going to focus on verse 6, but I'm going to read to you Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 down through 7. Listen as I read the text, and then we're going to ask God's blessing. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted, and I've got to make sure I'm reading the right text here, uh, he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of the death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation, and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we look at this text. This text that comes from the ancient of days, the prophets of old. This same text that even at the time of the birth of Christ, they searched back and looked and they wondered at these truths. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this morning as we reflect upon these scriptures. These scriptures that pointed the way to the coming Messiah. The same scriptures that reaffirm for us the truth of Jesus. I pray that you'd be with us as we look in these verses. Help us to have open and receptive ears and hearts to your truths. In Christ's name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. As we look in this text, it's a very famous text. It's a text that both Old Testament as well as New Testament believers turn to. Old Testament believers would turn to it for the looking toward of the coming Messiah. And they hung on to certain parts of it, maybe a little too strongly. For instance, where it talks about that the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The Old Testament saints, they were 100% sold that the Messiah would come and set up an earthly kingdom at his coming and that it would be an eternal kingdom. They wouldn't let that go. But we know that Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, he came not only as the King of kings and Lord of lords, 
but also as the sacrificial lamb, the spotless lamb of God. So he lived, he died, crucified, buried, rose again, sits at the right hand of the Father. But our Bible also teaches us he will come again. And he will establish that kingdom, that endless kingdom, his kingdom, for he is the Lord of Lords. But when we look at this text, we understand that this prophetic text covers a great span of time talking about the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. When we look at verse 6, it really brings us to where we are today as far as celebrating Christmas. Where it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This week we'll go into the week of Christmas and all around there'll be parties and celebrations and gatherings of family and friends. And it'll all work towards Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day a week from today. But it is all about that son, that child that is born, Jesus Christ. Now, there'll be people all around the world who are, they're not even Christians. They may even be Christ deniers, but they'll celebrate Christmas. When we look at this text, we are reminded of the power of the message of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that throughout the ages, Satan has warred against the Savior from his very birth. Even as Satan worked in the heart of Herod to go and back to that, that place and there have all the children killed who might be Jesus. Just warring and warring against the gospel. All the way to his crucifixion, part of Satan warring against the gift of God for all mankind. Throughout the ages, war after war against the gospel. Some of us are a little bit older. We can remember very well the Soviet bloc communism. And when communism rose up, they swore that they would crush and kill Christianity. But it did not happen. When we look here at verse 6, we are reminded of the power of the Christ child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When we look at each one of those names, we are reminded of why Jesus Christ changed the world and also the hearts and eternity of souls throughout time. The world still today, when I sit down, in fact, when I retype this message, I, I like to handwrite out my messages, go back in and type them up. And oftentimes early in the morning, I'm here and it just brings it all back for me to type down through and work on it. And at the top of my sheet, I put the date, 12-18-22. And that all ties back to Jesus Christ. Every time you sign a check and put the date in the upper right-hand corner, you're talking about that child that was born. Every time you look at the birth certificate of your children or your wedding certificate of the day you got married or you fill out a legal document when you buy a house, every time you put that date down, it testifies 
to the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. When we understand the power of that Christ child to change the world and eternity, we look at a verse like this, and it just refreshes our mind. It starts out by telling it, us, he, his name shall be called Wonderful. And that simply means one of wonder. One that you look upon and, and you look and you're just, you're taken back by the awesomeness, the incredibleness, the amazingness of who he is. The child of God, the son of God, that child that was born, Jesus Christ. History past, present and future testifies to the wonder of Jesus Christ. The shepherds in Luke 2.18, it tells us that when they went forth and they told what they were told upon that shepherd's field, it says, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Luke 2.18 reminds us that every person who heard the message wondered at what had transpired in that shepherd's field. And how they had gone and found the Christ child. And there they stood and worshipped him. At 12 years old, Jesus Christ, when his parents brought him to the temple. And there we are told in the scriptures, Luke chapter 2, verses 42 on down. That when the parents were headed back to Nazareth, Jesus remained at the temple. They thought he was just in the mix of the crowd that was going back to their towns and villages. And they realized after three days that he wasn't with the family. So they searched and searched and they went back and they found him there at the temple. And there as he taught, the scriptures tells us that they were amazed. The, the rabbis, the teachers at the temple were amazed. They stood in wonder at Jesus Christ. So all the way back in Isaiah, it told us that his name would be called Wonderful. Every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow, according to Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 down through 11. Because every human being, one day, when they stand at that great judgment day, they will see that Jesus Christ is wonderful. They will stand in wonder and bow and worship. Whether they're a rejecter or an acceptor, one day they will all see that his name is wonderful. As we go back to Isaiah chapter 9 and we look down at that verse 6, it not only tells us that he shall be called wonderful, but called counselor as well. Of course, we, every one of us, listen to his counsel about eternal life. Because as the Savior, as the Christ, the Messiah, God come to earth to pay for your sins and my sins, we want to hear his counsel concerning eternal life. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how is that possible? You can't go back into your mother's womb and be born again. And he told him, he says, well, you're, you're exactly right. You can't do that. But everybody's born once of the water, and they must be born of the Spirit. And he helped Nicodemus to understand the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. His counsel. Christ tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me, in John 14, 6. And so we understand and we learn by his counsel that the only way we can come to God the Father is through God the Son, Jesus Christ. His name shall be called Counselor. He counsels us about every day life, every, everything that comes and goes in our daily travels. From Genesis to Revelation, the word of God touches upon every aspect of life. I want you to go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. Look at verse 28 with me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And I want you to listen to the counsel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, his name shall be called Counselor because his counsel is that not only eternal counsel, but practical counsel of life. And he looks down and he sees a world full of heavy burdens. And he tells you and I, come, come unto me and I will give you rest. If you are heavy laden, come to me. He tells us, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. He wants us to come and sit at his feet. Go through his word, learn his counsel that we ourselves might understand and find in him that strength that we need day by day. Whatever it is that comes our way, whatever it is that comes into our path, whatever transpires, if we will just sit at the feet of the counselor, there we can find strength and guidance as we face life. Not only is his name called Wonderful, not only is his name called Counselor, but his name shall be called Mighty God. That's a powerful statement for the scriptures to make. When it's talking about a child born unto us, a son is given, and that that child and that son would be the Mighty God. So mighty that he sees past our sin into our soul. See, only God can do that. Only God can see past all that you put on the outside, good or bad. And he can only see that which is the inside. Mighty God does that. He is so mighty, he can create humankind from the dust of the earth. That's a powerful God who can just gather up the dust of the earth, form it to be a man and breathe into it the breath of life. Then take from that man a rib and create a woman and create a human race because that's his choice. Because he is that mighty God. So mighty that he can pay the price for your sin and mine. And for all the world throughout all time. He is that mighty God. Who chose to bear the weight of our offenses. 
so that he can offer to us mercy and grace. So mighty that the Bible tells us that one day he will snuff out all that you and I know, all the world and the universe around us, and he'll create a new heaven and a new earth. You see, he is that almighty God. And when we look at the text and we understand that it ties us to that son that is born, that child that is given. When we understand we are talking about the babe in the manger that is that mighty God. There's tremendous weight upon our worship of the Christ. As we go back to our text in Isaiah chapter 9, we look at verse 6, it continues down and it says, His name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, and the Everlasting Father. Now you're getting into the serious theology of the, tr the Trinity. The triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The all-powerful, almighty, everlasting Father. Born as a babe in a manger. How could God humble himself anymore? Not born in the home of a king or an emperor. But born in the home of a simple carpenter. And his young bride. His name shall be called Everlasting Father. If you know Christ. You know the Father. That's what he told us in John 14 verse 7. It says, if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Jesus made it very clear to all those who followed him. He is the everlasting Father who left heaven and came down. Took upon himself the form of a man. That he himself might pay for all humankind. If you see creation, you see Jesus. That's interesting, isn't it? I want you to look with me, if you would, to John chapter 1. We talk about God creating the heavens and the earth and all things that are therein. But it's very interesting for us to go to the scriptures and understand that when it talks about the creator God, it talks about Jesus. Look with me, if you would, at John chapter 1, verses 1 down 3, down through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you look at it, you'll see on the screen or in your Bible, you see that the Word, Word is capitalized because it becomes a person. The person of Jesus Christ, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ. Yes, that child that was born, that son of God that was given. He is the everlasting father. In fact, when we go to Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, the last book of the Bible, it tells us that he is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. 
He is the everlasting Father. It is an amazing thing to look at a crash, a manger, to see Mary and Joseph and the little babe. It's a beautiful sight. But sometimes we forget that that little babe in the manger is the everlasting Father who left heaven above to humble himself so that he could pay the price for you and I. When we go back to our text there in Isaiah chapter 9, as it continues down and it tells us that he shall be called Wonderful, verse 6. He shall be called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And the last one it says is the Prince of Peace. Let's say that together. The Prince of Peace. One more time. The Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ. That babe born in a manger. Is the Prince of Peace. Just as he is called the King of Kings. He is that Prince that bringeth forth the peace that passeth understanding. It is only acquired through him. John 16.33 says... These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus tells us, he brings to us peace. He is the very prince of peace. He offers to you and I that peace that can only be had through him. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave you. I want you to listen to his words as Christ sends a message to every generation throughout all time. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He offers to you and I that peace that brings us comfort. That peace that gives us guidance. That peace that during troubled times calms our soul. During times of rejoicing, celebrates with us. The peace of the presence of God within our hearts and in our lives. When we are young, with joy and excitement, we look to the future. We anticipate all the wonderful things that God's going to bring into our lives. Maybe graduation from elementary school, or graduation from middle school, or graduation from high school, or graduation from college, or a new career, a new direction. We look for God to bring somebody into our lives that is that special person that we have children and a family and a life together. Then as you get older and you see all those things checked off the list, there's a new anticipation, a new looking forward of knowing that God has more in store. He gives us a peace of knowing that this is not all there is. For the scriptures teach us we are but just passing through. We're sojourners. 
He says, our life is but a vapor. It appears for a time. Then it's gone from this earth. But he also tells us to be absent from this life is to be present with the Lord. He offers us that peace of knowing that throughout life we can go to him for counsel. And yes, we can stand in wonder. For he is that everlasting father. He is the mighty God. But he is that prince of peace who walks through the journey of life with us, present in our hearts in the form of the Holy Spirit, giving us the peace to know He is there with us step by step, through the good times and the bad times. He is there. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That child, that, that child that was born in that manger, to a poor family is God himself who came for you and I. It's up to us during this Christmas time to step back and give him the honor he is due for he is worthy. He is worthy of all the praise and all the worship that we could possibly give him. We must not lay him off on a shelf as people do the little... Uh, Elf on a shelf? Don't do that with Jesus. Bring him into the center. Bring him into the center of your heart by receiving him as your Savior. Bring him into the center of your celebration as you lift him up as the Christ in Christmas. Let him have his due, for he is worth. Father in heaven, as we come to the end of our service this morning, as we get ready to sing just a couple verses of invitation and song to you, I pray that it would be your Holy Spirit that stirs our hearts. For we do stand in wonder. We are awestruck by who you are, what you offer, what you've done, what you will do. I pray that you'd help us as your children this day to honor you. We thank you, Lord. Stir our hearts. Help us to be committed. Help us to be righteous for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. He is exalted. He is exalted on high. I will praise Him, He is exalted forever, exalted, and I will praise His name. He is the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in His holy name. He is exalted, the King. Exalted on high. Men were dismissed this morning.